Welcome to Visionary Jewels Podcast. This is a podcast where I invite women to journey with me through healing, self-discovery, purpose, and passion. I help women as they journey into their authentic selves, customizing the jewels that set our crowns. Add your share of heartache, you're not the one to blame, but if you face the I'm your host, Shalitha Harmon, a human resources specialist, a diversity, equity, and inclusion enthusiast, a third-year doctoral student in leadership studies, and a mindset coach. If you took the time to press play and come along with me on this journey, I welcome and thank you. This healing work is for me as much as it is for you. Understanding nothing can be achieved without community, and for that, I thank you for your fellowship. Now let's get into it. So just the other day, I was in a space where I needed to recharge. I had been experiencing some overwhelm and some burnout from dissertation writing in my career and creating content for this podcast. Have you ever had one of those times where you're in bed and you're lying there mindlessly scrolling through your phone? Well, my overachieving self was still working as I was scrolling. I was looking through all the content I had created on both my Instagram pages trying to figure out what to create next. And in doing so was just actually taking a moment to admire my work. Truthfully, I felt a sense of achievement and joy in that moment. I gave myself flowers. That night, I happened to scroll all the way through my entire grid, watching videos and looking at old photos I posted. I couldn't help but smile at seeing where I've been and knowing clearly where I'm going. It made me a little emotional in a triumphant and freeing way. It felt as though I was no longer operating out of wounds, but out of wisdom, as Dr. Thema Bryant would say. See, as I've said before in the episode one, the person showing up to you today has been a long time coming, and a lot of fruit I'm bearing has come from intentional actions. I took time to myself to work on myself, more specifically, spiritual solitude chose me and I listened. I relented. I threw up my hands and surrendered is more like it. I had no choice. In the first episode, I talked about a vision I received recently. That is the vision that is visionary jewels. In this episode, I want to talk about the preparation I had to go through to be able to receive that vision. That preparation didn't come overnight. It wasn't all sunshine and roses. It took years. Sometimes it was painful and in the end, magnificent. It was necessary and at times remains a practice of mine to continue on the path of clarity. So what am I saying when I say spiritual solitude? For me, it is the act of one going into a state of isolation where they are challenged in this time to look at themselves and within themselves to ask important questions. Questions like, who are you? Do you like who you are and where you are at? Are you hurting? Are you happy? You are essentially assessing yourself in your present state and asking yourself if this was your intent for your life or do you wish to change it? How it is spiritual is in its timing. It's being divinely directed to you through experiencing a previous set of shifts that naturally guide you into the state of isolation. 
See, we as human beings thrive on relationships and connection. It is by design that we are not solely alone in this world. And because of this, we ourselves don't often choose solitude on our own. There have been many studies that show the effects of isolation when it is something we don't we didn't choose for ourselves or go into willingly. That is not the solitude I'm discussing when I say spiritual solitude. It is the divine timing of a set of experiences in your life happening, which ultimately guided you to choosing yourself. And when the time arrived, you willingly choose solace and solitude. The best way I can describe it to you is through my own journey. So bear with me as we go a little deeper. For me, my journey begins around 2018. Two weeks prior to my 28th birthday, I was fired from my first job out of college and I worked for five years to my mental detriment. I had another job lined up, my dream profession, which was in human resources, and had already accepted their offer prior to my firing. Admitting to being fired is heavy for me, but I can stand firm in saying that it was such a gift. With this new job, I would be stepping out on faith because I did not have the usual amount of professional experiences with human resources, and I also did not hold a degree in the field. I had to start out at a salary that was lower than what I made at my prior job. This, of course, would test my finances as I was the sole provider in my household, even with a partner. I had already left this romantic relationship in my mind and was starting to choose myself regardless of the relationship's condition. And so I chose to lean in. I graduated that same year with my master's in business administration and picked up a second job to maintain my household. Career and education-wise, life was so good for me. I was so happy in what I was doing and what I chose for myself, but I felt stuck anchored to something that was no longer serving me. The relationship hadn't brought me joy in a long time. And we talked a bit of why I stayed in episode two of the podcast. For a long time, I felt conflicted, a duality of sorts, that I wasn't living the life I set out for myself, not fully anyway. It was starting to become aware to me as it had been to close friends and family for a long time that it was time for me to move on from this romantic relationship. Then strangers who became professional and educational mentors could see it as well. They believed I was so much more than I wanted to believe for myself. That's when a shift came in me. And we had the discussion to part ways because I could not go into the new year anchored to a dead thing, which was our relationship. It was so hard. I radically chose myself at the start of 2019, and then the trials began. Career was going very well in my placements. I was exceeding in an area of human resources that spoke to the calling I have on my life today. I was told to seriously consider a doctorate in organizational psychology or leadership studies. And in May of 2019, I walked the stage at my mother's alumni to receive my MBA in person the same degree she obtained when she was walking the stage. And when I walked the stage, I was reminded of a memory of why I chose that school and that degree. It was because of her deeply. I admired my mother and um, wanted to emulate her in some way. I also remember on that same day declaring I was going to go further to get my doctorate. And there I was in a career being mentored and encouraged to do so at the very same time. It felt as though things were coming into alignment, but not just yet. So I made my plans. 
In those plans, I realized that certain people, places, and things weren't serving me anymore. I found myself drained of certain conversations and patterns of behavior within my platonic relationships that I had been in. I was always seeking more fulfillment within myself, that continuing with certain behaviors, people, and routines no longer appealed to me. I was still working two jobs until I grew weary of it and had chosen to leave the second job before the holidays began. I was coming up for promotion that would allow me to make the financial choices, and my relationship, though it ended in January of the new year, was finally coming to a resolve in the action of him moving out by September of 2019. Though I made the choice of ending the relationship, for me, the reckoning with the decision was harder than I had imagined it would be. Not for the sake of romantics, but it was something deeper than that. It was easier imagined than reality. Then the global pandemic of 2020 arrived, and it was through forced isolation of that pandemic that many realized just how alone they were, or maybe just how weary, mentally strained, tired, unfulfilled their lives were. This is where I will discuss the isolation that is chosen for you versus you choosing it. The pandemic and its turmoil on humanity required us to quarantine and some of us were alone while some of us were alone with others. This caused connection to be frayed for everyone, near or far. It was also simultaneously a very bloody, relentlessly devastating and mentally draining time for the Black community, as so many of our brethren were unjustly killed at the hands of police. This was not a new condition to the Black community, but dealing with it during a global pandemic was, as well as seeing it on constant replay and live like it was a sporting event. I mention this because this was when I began to look at some of my friendships and the well-being of those relationships. I began to question if they understood the magnitude and my reality of being a Black woman in this country, and if they were at all concerned about my life. I feared for my life. I feared for my future. And in these times, I could always lean on or rely on finding solace in my previous romantic relationship because I had someone there who was living the same reality as me, the same fears. I was forced at that moment to realize just how alone I was because that relationship had ended and what mentally the effects of required isolation due to this pandemic had on me. This is what isolation that is chosen for you will do. The palpable fear of being alone and without connection, the feeling of being cut off from the world unwillingly and without warning, unknowing when the end is in sight. These are very real fears. Summer 2020 was hard because I felt I had no one I could rely on. I was completely alone. My family, whom I love and rely upon, most were too far and spread around the country. I couldn't access them immediately, only virtually. For the first time, I didn't have a relationship to distract me from the fact that I was alone. Someone I could toxically depend on, the fear of being in isolation affected me greatly, not only attributed to the pandemic, but it was the first time I had to reckon with my identity. The disgust of the wounds of my past, and even present, was too much for me to bear. I'm going to give this disclaimer here. This is the deeper part 
And for those who struggle with mental illness, anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideations, the next part of the conversation does touch on that. So if it's triggering for you, please feel free to stop the podcast at this time. I'll begin this next area of the conversation with a quote. Knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving. When we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. Bell hooks. One August evening in 2020, I called my father in distress. I called him crying out to him about the feelings I had felt. I wanted to be erased. I felt as though I couldn't go on. That phone call saved my life. Beyonce's visual album of The Lion King, The Gift, was playing on my TV. And simultaneously, as we were wrapping up the call, the song Find Your Way Back was playing. The lyrics are as follows. Daddy used to tell me, look up at the stars. It's been a long time, but remember who you are. Circle of life, but one day I might not make it. Circle of life, but one day I might not make it. But you just got to find your way back. It's a big, big world, but you got it, baby. Find your way back. Don't let this life drive you crazy. Find your way back. Come back home before the streetlights come on. Find your way back. Find your way back. In that call, my father was assuring me of the same words being sung. In that same way, I found my way back. I promised myself after that very call that I would cry and feel everything that I was feeling, but I would not stay there. I would not live in it. Tomorrow I begin my new day. This is when spiritual solace in solitude began for me. I chose to go within myself to find myself. I didn't like who I was or who I was becoming. I always had what I needed inside myself to make the life I wanted be the vision I always envisioned. I chose this time of isolation so that I could transform my mindset. I took my time in it to heal the wounds of my past, to forgive myself and others, to relinquish toxic dependencies, remove the fear I had of loneliness and embrace it as a strength. I let go of what no longer served me. I set firm boundaries and began learning what love is and loving myself deeply. It wasn't until I went through that process of internal reckoning could I discover who I was authentically. I explored what I liked. What were my true interests? What did I enjoy? And I did all those things alone and often. In delighting in my authentic identity, I was intentional about showing up as her unapologetically and all the time. In doing so, this attracted my tribe and my community. The glow wasn't performative. It was all mine. I then could be able to draft what I wanted for myself. Curate and manifest my vision. I applied to my doctoral program. I excelled in my career and I reimagined a life within my apartment that I shared in my relationship. 
I reclaimed the space for myself and made it sacred for me. The energy doesn't feel the same and it doesn't look like it used to. In fact, I don't look like what I used to. I don't even look like what I've been through. I am transformed into who I truly am, who I've always meant to become. My purpose is made clear and I'm driven every day with unshakable passion. I'm vulnerable with you all because without that, my purpose falls short of achieving what it's meant to achieve, which is to provide more access to women to the tools to personal and unapologetic freedom. Vulnerability builds authenticity within us all. And through my story, I hope that it provides you light to choose yourself and encourage you to manifest the life you want. When spiritual solitude comes to visit, I encourage you to face it head on. Indulge in it and see the power of transformation that is within you for yourself. This is your time of nourishment, pouring into yourself, watering your garden, and watching it grow. Bell Hook said, The moment we choose to love, we begin to move toward freedom, to act in ways that liberate ourselves and others. She also said, Love heals. We go forward with the fresh insight that the past can no longer hurt us. Mindful remembering lets us put the broken pieces of our hearts together again. That is the way healing begins. My affirmation for you and I is this. You have the power within you and the love within you to manifest whatever it is you desire. You are more than worthy of a life of abundance and joy. Don't be afraid of facing yourself so that you might awaken yourself and all the greatness that is within you. You have the power of becoming the vision you always envisioned. You are a visionary jewel. If you listened this far, I thank you for allowing me to share time and space with you. As visionary jewels, we are each curating a vision of ourselves that are masterpieces to behold. I challenge you to start on the path toward healing, where you can return home to yourself, discovering who you are authentically, envisioning your purpose, and leading with passion. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with others. Be sure to connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Visionary Jewels LLC on Facebook, Visionary Jewels. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at podcast at visionaryjewelsllc.com and let's continue the conversation by joining the Visionary Jewels podcast Facebook group. For more information about the podcast, resources, and events, visit visionaryjewelsllc.com. Sign up with your email to be alerted when a new episode is published. Let's not miss a chance to connect as women and let it be beautiful.